This is episode number 33 of Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy with Dr. Jessica Tartaro. That is me. Last week, I talked about the importance of creating space between you and your loved ones to let love breathe and grow. This week, I'm diving into kissing, one of my all-time favorite activities. If you're not paying attention, it can be easy to take kissing for granted, but then you would be missing out on one of life's great pleasures. My hope with these 10 minutes is that I can help you discover kissing as a portal to wonder, awe, and infinite pleasure. And if you're not currently in a kissing relationship, keep listening. This episode is still for you. I always thought of myself as a good kisser. There's a line from a song by Ani DeFranco that has been bouncing around in my head this week. She sings, I'm a good kisser, and you're a fast learner, and that kind of thing could float us for a pretty long time. And I was always like, that's me. I'm a good kisser. But what did that actually mean? As easy as it would be to boil kissing down to technique, let me clear something up from the start. Kissing is not a technical sport. Someone could tell you how to engineer a kiss, but then you would have become the world's worst kisser because you would be following a formula. And then where would you be? Not present, not there with your partner's lips. By these standards, as much as I wished otherwise, I really wasn't a good kisser because up until not that long ago, I didn't know how to be vulnerable with my lips, how to listen with my lips, how to surrender in my kissing. I was really only a mediocre kisser, hoping desperately to be loved. To understand the full magnitude of what is possible through kissing, we really need to start by looking more closely at how we think about sex overall. By sex here, I mean not just intercourse, but the totality of any sexual play or erotic connection across any two or more bodies. If you are like me, you and your sexual partners were taught from puberty onward that through sex, we are out to accomplish a a mission, to summit a mountain, prove a point, succeed at a project. Sex always had a destination. It was for all partners to climax, everyone to feel sexually successful, and to call it a good night. For most of my adult life, I never questioned this. It was just how it was. There's nothing inherently wrong with this orientation. It can be fun, especially when we can predictably stick the flag in the summit and say we won. The challenge comes when our bodies don't cooperate with the executive orders and have needs that are different than those dictated by the map. And then what? Over time, this approach to sex can lead to exhaustion, resentment, and even an aversion to opening our bodies. If every time we get into bed, we know we will be measured by whether or not we got there, then in a way we have failed before we began. So we can probably agree that this framework for sex is lacking, maybe not entirely bad, but incomplete and potentially risky for the quality of our relationship with our own and our partner's bodies. 
the alternative to treating sexual connection and lovemaking as a means to an end is to hold sex as its own already destination, as a place we arrive at and keep arriving at, a site for curiosity and wonder, a well through which we can replenish our thirsty bodies and hearts, a place where we let go not knowing what will arise and feel the vulnerability of that, a site of power in the relinquishing of control, an interruption of business as usual, a gentle challenge to the structured edifices of our lives where the building can crumble and we can welcome the chaos a delicious discovery in which we are the marveling creatures at the same time that we are the thing to marvel at. In this way of approaching our sex lives, kissing can be transformed. Instead of imagining that kissing is a quick stop on the way to sex and that sex is a means to achieve the goal of climax, kissing can be its own complete destination a conversation that includes nouns and verbs and many illustrious adjectives all through the mouth, the tongue, and the breath without words. Our lips are composed of more than a million nerve endings, making them exquisitely capable of feeling. As you listen, try lightly brushing your finger over the skin of your lips. Do you feel your body chill? These nerve endings were designed to come alive, and in order to receive the pleasure signals vibrating through those nerve endings, wherever they are located on your body, and definitely those on your lips, we need to slow down. Imagine kissing the mouth of your kissing person, whether that is a brand new lover or someone you have kissed for decades, and truly tasting feeling your body quiver, or maybe feeling very little. But either way, instead of moving ahead to the next mouthful, pausing, maybe even pausing lip on lip and breathing in. The sensations may be quite subtle, a gentle slowing of your breath, a relaxing of your shoulders, a desire to lean a little closer in, or they may be more powerful, a heat flushing your more sensitive zones, a wetting of your mouth, a swelling of your tongue. Welcome whatever is arriving and pause to be there to receive it. Kissing conjures yearning. The desire to rev ahead from a kiss to the next thing, whatever it is, can feel strong, from this alternative perspective of what makes kissing good, the practice of becoming a good kisser entails learning to hold that yearning as a gift that is complete rather than an impulse to do anything with. A willingness to breathe, expand, ground, shake, cry if you need to, and stay with it. If and when more comes, enjoy that too, but follow the evolution. Don't lead it. The truth is, if you don't enjoy the kiss, but rush through to get to the next thing, you run the risk of not being present enough to enjoy the next thing. Your enjoyment of any further sexual connection will flow from your ability to enjoy the first kiss as if it itself was the full act. And that, my friends, is the art of good kissing. 
I told a dear friend that I was doing a podcast on kissing, and he told me that last night his sweetheart kissed him to his soul. I loved that. We all had been sitting together on a picnic blanket under a warm summer day, and as he spoke, he looked at her with beaming adoration. She looked back with flushing love. That's the power and possibility of kissing. How with our lips we can touch all of each other, all the way through to the soul. For this week's homework, if you have someone in your life to kiss, invite your kissing partner to listen to this episode and then commit to a session of kissing very slowly. You want to kiss and then breathe and then listen. Kiss and then taste and then smell. Give your senses space and time to wrap around you. Enough space that you wonder what will happen next and still you listen. Set a timer for five minutes and kiss for the full five. When the timer goes off, stop and do another activity for at least 15 minutes before you return to kissing if you wish. Let your body metabolize and notice the energy you have just cultivated. If you don't have someone to kiss, try a writing exercise. Write about how you want the next kiss to go, but write about it as if in real time. For example, I lean in to kiss their lips and I feel my heart start beating stronger. I notice my lips tremble and I pause. This will create sensation in your body and likely yearning in your heart. Stay with it for an extra breath before you do the next thing. Imagine this journaling exercise is like a love offering to your next kissing partner. Then debrief with a trusted friend about what it was like to describe your next kiss. I wish for you the willingness to give and receive kisses to your soul this week and beyond. This is Dr. Jessica Tartaro with Under 10, a mini podcast on intimacy. Ho, 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 ho.